In the last chapter, Lily and the tiger had an exchange. The tiger appeared to Lily and told Lily that what was making Hamoni sick was the stolen tails from the stars. And the tiger said, all you have to do is get me the tails and the and give them back to me. And Lily didn't know what to do, so she hesitated, <coughs> and the tiger disappeared. Chapter 15. Obviously, I don't sleep after that. I sit up in bed, <coughs> chewing my nails, staring out the window until the sun comes up, until I hear a strange noise downstairs. <coughs> Sorry. Like a whispering through the walls. The sound persists, and I lean forward, ears straining. This house is full of noises. I tiptoe down the stairs. It could be the tiger, and if it is, I have to accept her offer, even though I'm still not sure, even though I'm afraid. <coughs> but there's no tiger. When I reach the bottom, it's only Mom and Harmony sitting in Harmony's bedroom with the door cracked, just barely, talking so quietly that their words are a slush of wisps and hisses. <coughs> Mom says, nobody's offered yet. I'm still looking, but it'll happen soon. I'm hopeful. You getting job will be good, Harmony says. That is good for you. Good for us. You mean, Mom says. Good for you and the girls. Don't do that, Mom, says. Her voice cracks, and I can barely hear. We have time. I can buy more time. No, no, you don't worry about that, Halmoni says. There's that scolding tone in her voice, the one she always gets when, she's talk when she talks to Mom. But there's something else, too something softer. And don't make that worry face. You're going to get wrinkles. Mom, you wearing sunscreen? Sunscreen help with wrinkle. Mom, what about hat? Hat help too. Mom, I don't need a hat. I need you. Mom's voice breaks. When she speaks again, her voice is quiet. Please just try the other treatments. Don't give up. Treatments. Hospitals. Buying more time. An understanding settles in my gut. One I can't quite put into words. The softness in Halmoni's words evaporates. You think I just give up? No, I don't want to go. I don't want to leave you. I am not ready. But I don't get to decide. The only thing I decide is how I be right now. So you don't take that away from me. I've never heard Halmoni sound so angry. She is strong and fierce and kind. But now she's different. There's a scary side of her, like there's a tiger hiding just below her skin, straining to get out. I hear another strange sound, and it's so out of place that I don't recognize it at first, until I realize, Mum's crying. But Mum never cries. Joni, Hamoni says quietly, you be strong, for girl's sake.
My stomach twists. I shouldn't be hearing this. I don't want to hear this. I can't do this, Mom whispers. Not again. Not after Andy. I can't be strong again. I know you can, Halmoni says, because you are my daughter. I take a few steps back up the stairs, cloaking myself in the shadows. Hamoni's illness must be serious, really serious, if Mum's crying. I wish now that it really was the tiger downstairs, because the truth is, this is scarier than any tiger. When Mum eventually comes out of the bedroom, I automatically call on my invisibility. But then I change my mind. I don't want to be alone. I shift my weight, and when stairs creak beneath me, Mom looks up. Oh, she says when she sees me. Oh, very quietly I ask, Is Hamoni okay? Are you okay? Mom's eyes are still red. Did you hear us talking? When I don't answer, she opens her arms and I run down the steps. She crushes me into a hug and as she takes a breath, I feel the shudder in her lungs. She's going to be. Don't worry. Everything's going to be fine. Then she straightens up, pulls herself back together. And would you like some tea? Some breakfast? I'll make you whatever you want. I want to know what's going on. I try to sound strong, but my voice is very small. Mom fiddles with her glasses. Halmoni's sick, Lily, but we're still hopeful, okay? I'm looking for a new job, so that should bring in money for special treatments. And even if we don't do those treatments, we'll... We can keep her comfortable. What kind of sick, I ask, even though I already know it's the bad kind. Mom grimaces, then pulls me over to the couch. I thunk down next to her, sinking into the cushions. For once, it isn't raining. Happy sunlight spills through the windows like the weather is mocking me. Mom says, Halmoni has brain cancer. For a few seconds, my insides go ice numb. I can't feel anything except for cold and a strange tingling. Lily, did you hear me? I keep very still, as if I can hide from the pain, as if the truth is a tiger and if I don't move, maybe, just maybe, it won't find me. Honey? except I guess I can't hide for long because that strange tingling turns jagged like broken glass. I nod my aching head. I try to say it out loud. Brain cancer. But I can't. Mom continues. That's, what causing, that's what's causing the symptoms. You might have seen the nausea, the paranoia, and all the well sometimes... This type of illness, patients can have uh, hallucinations. Hallucinations? This is a lot. I understand. I want you to know that I'm here for you. What kind of hallucinations? Oh, Lily. Her eyes soften and she grabs my hands. It's nothing too scary. Just the little things. Confusing dreams with reality. Like how she thinks the basement flooded. Things like that. So... That explains why the basement was so dry. 
But the other stuff, I saw the tiger too. I know that was real. What if there's a way to help, I ask? Oh, Lily, let me handle this. And you don't worry. You just spend time enjoying your harmony and keeping her company. That's why me, we moved here. So you girls can enjoy her. Mom squeezes my hands. I talked to Sam about this last night when you were asleep, so you can discuss it with her if that helps. This isn't going to be a one-time conversation. It's an ongoing dialogue, and I'm here anytime to answer any questions you have. Questions claw up my throat. But I don't think Mom has the answers. Hamoni said it herself. Mom doesn't believe in stories. Her world is small. But I know there's a way to help. Something that Mom won't or can't see. The tiger can cure Hamoni. I wasn't brave enough before to trust her magic. But this time, I will be. This time, I'll be ready. The tiger said she wouldn't come to me again, so I'll have to go to her. Lucky for me, I happen to know a family of tiger hunters. Chapter 16 Hyped up on new plant energy, I run upstairs to tell Sam. Barely awake, she's sitting up in bed with her laptop perched on her knees, wrapped in the glow of her screen. I rush over to her and push her laptop closed, snapping it shut like the jaws of a tiger. She pulls her fingers back and stares at me, eyes wide. But before she can get mad, I say, Sam, there might be a way to make Hamoni better. In the story she told me, no, Sam interrupts. The word thumps against my chest, heavy and cold. Not right now, please. I'm just not in the mood for stories right now. Stories want, excuse me, stories want you to believe that magic is real, and it's just not. Actually, I'm afraid of what she'll say when I tell her, but I don't want to hold the secret by myself. I'm not sure it's just a story. She sighs, Lily, what are you talking about? I think a tiger, like from the story, actually came to me and talked to me. And the same tiger was in the road yesterday when Hamoni, you know, she's silent for so long that I think maybe she saw the tiger too. Maybe she thought she was the only one and now she's relieved. But then she says, you need to get it together. This is some kind of mental stress reaction or something because what you're saying is impossible. Things are only impossible if you believe they're impossible. The tiger, Lily, she snaps, tugging at the white streak in her hair. Just stop with this tiger stuff, okay? There's actual real life stuff going on right now. Don't make it worse. Where is the Sam from the grocery store? The sister who wanted to hear the stories. I should have known that wouldn't last long. Yeah, you're right, I lie. I probably imagined it. I'll see you later. I turn away from her as I change out of my pajamas and into jeans and a sweatshirt. I can find Ricky. I can learn how to hunt the tiger. And I don't need Sam's help. Um, Sam says, where are you going? 
nowhere. Wait, Sam says, but I pretend not to hear her, and I thunder back down the stairs. I tell Mom I'm going out, that I don't want to talk anymore. She tries to stop me, but I don't listen. I run until I reach the heavy library doors, and then I take a few deep breaths, steadying myself. I have to do this. Halmoni needs me. I grab the big handle, yank the door open, and slip inside. Joe's sitting at his desk, and I assume he doesn't want to talk, but he stops me as I pass. Lily, he clears his throat, halfway between a grunt and a grumble. I just want to say, you had a good idea. Oh, I say breathless. I have no idea what he's talking about. For a second, I think he discovered my tiger plan, but of course that's impossible. His mustache twitches. Jensen said you suggested a bake sale. Not sure how much money that would actually raise, but it does seem like a good way to get the community engaged. Oh, I repeat, when I suggested selling the cupcakes, I didn't realize Jensen had taken me seriously. That's good. He nods in a way that says, this conversation is over. Are Ricky and Jensen here today, I ask? He gestures to the back of the library, and I make my way through the stacks until I come to a cluster of tables. Ricky and Jensen are sitting together with an open notebook, a pile of flashcards, and an empty pudding cup between them. Ricky looks up and grins. Today, he's wearing a beanie that says beans, pulled down to his eyebrows. And if he feels awkward after the grocery store incident, he doesn't show it. Maybe that's his superpower. The unpleasant, uncomfortable things don't bother him. Lizzie, he shouts. It takes me a second to realize he's talking to me. And Jensen smiles apologetically. It's Lily, she corrects. Hi, Lily. How are you? Um, good. My words come out a little shaky. I'm nervous now because what I'm about to ask makes no sense. It's impossible. But I'm going to ask anyway. Before I can, Jensen says, I've been meaning to tell you about the bake sale. I didn't want you to think I stole your idea and didn't give you credit for it. Oh, I don't. But you can help make flyers and set up and stuff. She smiles wide, all her freckles lighting up. I'm helping too, Ricky says. Then in a dramatic whisper, he adds, we'll get free cupcakes. Uh, yeah, sounds good, I say. Cool, Jensen says. Now Ricky and I have to get back to tutoring, so... Ricky shoves his notebook aside and leans forward. So, Lily, sit down. Tell us your whole story. When did you discover a love of tigers? How do you really feel about Lucky Charms? Spare no details. Well, I start. He mentioned tigers. There's an opening there somehow. If I can just shift the subject. Ricky, stop, Jensen says. And then to me, ignore him. He's just trying to get out of the tutoring session. Ricky's eyes bug. No, Jensen, I'm serious. I'm making a friend. Adam is at camp and Connor is traveling around Italy and I must be socialized. 
Jensen Snort loves. You must review the, these flashcards. I'm about to get dismissed. So I interrupt with the first thing that comes to mind. Jensen, can I have a pudding too? She blinks. It's rude. I know, but I need a second alone with Ricky. Jensen covers her surprise with a smile and stands up. Sure, Lily, I'll grab you one. Ricky's desperate for a quick break anyway. She raises her eyebrows at Ricky to emphasize quick, then asks if I want chocolate or vanilla. Vanilla, thank you. I want to hug her hard, but that seems a little over the top for pudding. Another chocolate for me, please, Ricky says. Jensen sighs and heads off to the staff room. The tutoring isn't because I'm stupid, Ricky says as soon as Jensen leaves. It's just because I don't have a word brain. That's why. Or a numbers one, I guess. But I'm going to be a psychologist. I have a very intuitive understanding of the human psyche, he says, as if he's reciting something he read online. I'm very good at reading people. Oh, I say, okay, I have to get him on topic before Jensen comes back. But he goes on. It's why Jensen and I are such good friends, because she wants to be a journalist, so she also needs a good understanding of people. We both really know how to talk to people. Actually, you said your great-grandpa was a tiger hunter, I blurt. He frowns. Well, I didn't say that exactly. I'm not supposed to talk about stuff like that. How did he do it? Ricky stares at me, silent for once. I mean, hypothetically, obviously not, actually, but like if someone were to catch a tiger, Ricky nods, trying to make sense of me. Right, you're really into tigers, aren't you? But tigers are majestic creatures and they're endangered. They really shouldn't be hunted. Oh, I know, yeah, definitely, I'm not going to. But if I were going to... I'm talking so quickly that I'm afraid I might scare him, but Ricky doesn't seem too alarmed. He shrugs. Well, I don't really know the details. I never knew my great-grandfather, and my family doesn't really talk about that part of his life, so who knows? Disappointment slices straight through me. Obviously, he doesn't know. This was such, such a stupid idea. I thought I could be a hero, that I could actually help, but I'm just me. I tried to hold all my emotions inside so Ricky can't see, but I feel a hot rush of tears building behind my eyes. I squeeze them shut and try to breathe. Oh, no, Ricky says, shifting in his seat, looking horrified by my reaction. I can still help, maybe. Do you like hunting or something? I shake my head, trying to get myself under control. I need to get out of this situation and go home and think up a plan B. Not hunting, really. I just wanted to know how to catch a tiger. I guess... But I was just curious. It's not a big deal. I'm going to go. Wait, don't go. You look so, 
he pauses, cheeks going pink. Never mind, I say, just as he says. I know. He reaches into his backpack and pulls out a thin, colorful magazine. No, not a magazine, a comic book. I lean closer to read the title. The Adventures of Superman, Doom Trap. Ricky grins. We could make a trap, like a pit to catch tigers in. It'll be so cool, see? He opens the comic to a dog-eared page and shows me the drawing of Superman, trapped in a giant metal box in a web of red laser beams. I don't think I can do something like that. And also, I stare at the illustration. Isn't Superman that the good guy? Doesn't he break out of that trap? Ricky frowns, and now he's the one who looks disappointed. Oh yeah, I guess. I just meant... He looks down and stuffs the comic book back into his bag. Sorry, I know this wasn't what you were looking for. My dad's always telling me I get too excited about things, and my friends don't really get it when I talk about comics and stuff. So yeah, I understand if you think it's weird. And now I feel guilty for causing this whole situation in the first place. It's not weird. It's just, I stop myself before I say, it's just not what I was looking for. Because actually, a tiger trap is exactly what I was looking for. Obviously, I can't build a trap out of metal and lasers. Obviously, it's ridiculous to use a comic book as a how-to guide, but not as ridiculous as trying to trap a magical talking tiger. Ricky is someone who makes things happen. He acts without overthinking. If I want to catch a tiger, I need to be more like him. Actually, say I don't have steel and lasers. Do you think I could build a trap with normal stuff? His eyebrows shoot way up. Wait, are we actually building a tiger trap? I clear my throat. Well, me, not we, and I don't know. He wiggles with excitement. If you're making the tiger trap here, I have to do it with you. I shake my head. I don't want to disappoint him again, but I don't think that's a good idea. He leans forward, nearly falling out of his chair. Lily, I have to. That sounds so fun. And besides, I know way more than you do. I read so many comic books. And plus, I've probably inherited knowledge from my great-grandpa, like in my blood or something. I will be an excellent resource. I bite my lip. It's not that I don't want to be his friend. It's just that most people probably wouldn't understand the whole magical talking tiger part of this. I don't know, Ricky. He droops. Oh, well, that's okay then. You don't have to invite me if you don't want to. Now, I'm really hoping for Jensen to come back. But she's still in the staff room, and I have to stand here, feeling way guilty. Maybe inviting him wouldn't be so bad. I don't have to tell him what the trap is actually for, and maybe it would be nice to have some help from someone who isn't all that bothered by the way things are. Fine, I say, and his whole body goes electric, sitting straight up. 
Really? I'm so excited. This is going to be epic. He makes an explosion gesture to show epic. I'm so glad you said yes, because now making a tiger trap is in my head and it will not leave. Right, I say. I have to stop by home to get supplies after tutoring, but I'll be at your house as soon as possible. Jensen said you live across the street, right? You mean today, I asked. Don't you have to ask your dad? Oh, he won't notice if I'm gone. He tears a piece of paper out of his notebook and scribbles his phone number, but before he can hand it to me, Jensen comes back with the pudding. Ricky hides a scrap of paper in his fist, and I shoot him a be quiet look. He nods and mimes, zipping his lips shut. He tries to look serious, but his big grin bursts out, and he practically radiates excitement. Jensen frowns. What's going on here? Nothing, Ricky and I say at once, which is probably a little suspicious. Jensen's about to grill us more, but something stops her. She looks over my shoulder and her eyebrows rise. I turn to follow her gaze. Sam's standing behind me, arms folded across her chest, glaring at me with her black-rimmed eyes. She's angry.